Tuesdays for Hope with new directions right now on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. Talk 94.5. All right, and joining us live in the studio is the CEO of New Directions, Kathy Jenkins. Good morning. Good morning, Liz. Oh, we need her mic. I got it. Got it. You got it? Yep, I got it. You yes, got it. Is. Good morning, Liz. <laughs> good morning. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing good. good. So how's, how are things going over at New Directions? Good. Busy. Um, you know, it's it's gotten really crazy outside in the evenings. We're we're looking at um, upwards of a hundred additional people coming for what? a meal. Wow! In the evenings, it's it's we really thought, and generally, it slows down a little bit in the fall. Mm-hmm. Of course, we don't we don't have a real good idea of whether or not. The, the people who are coming are homeless or, or just need a hot meal at night. Okay. But we do feed anybody in the community who's hungry at mm. 630 every night at our men's shelter. And there's that many more people, huh? Absolutely, yes. It's It's wow. been um, uh, surprisingly growing, even with the, with the season being uh, behind us. Wow. Okay. And cold weather is coming, so... Cold weather is coming. Yeah. But, you know, we've talked about this. We, we really had to ramp up this summer because of the excessive heat. heat. Mm-hmm. And and it is easier for people to find a way to get warm than it is for people to mm-hmm. um, get out of the heat. Not only that, rates are way down in the winter. So unless it gets really, really cold, we, we don't tend to see a huge number of people coming in for code blue nights. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw that a lot more in the summer with the um, the rainstorms, the hurricane. Yeah. Um, but, yep, we're, we're plugging along. And, Liz, as you know, we run four facilities, 24-7, 365, with only yeah. 20 staff members. Yeah. So our staff members wear a lot of hats. Um, I, I have brought a staff member with me today to talk about um, what, what she does for us. Yeah. Um, more than more than a few hats. Um, Aubrey ha- is in charge of our bus ticket program. Aubrey is case manager, so our her title case manager at the men's shelter. Aubrey Betterini. All right. Mm. Good morning, Aubrey. Good morning. Welcome to the show. So, how? Uh, what is your um, field of study? So, are you um, as a case manager? What kind of? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Credentials Education, do you need? Yeah. yeah. I started an internship at Ori Georgetown Technical College, Mm -hmm. and from my internship, I started working at the women's shelter alongside the case manager that was there at the time. And then um, New Directions gave me the opportunity to work full-time as case manager at the women's shelter. Um, I was there for two years, and then I went over to the men's shelter as a case manager there as well. Okay. So what have you, how long have you been doing this now total? About five years. About five years. So what have you learned about the situation um, that maybe presents itself to someone who ends up finding themselves homeless? What What have you seen? If you were to, so if people, you wanted to give people an insight of who's actually coming through the doors, what what have you learned? Um, It's really individual people find themselves in all different situations that any of us can. Um, There's a lot of addiction and homelessness, a lot of mental health that we see, um, physical health, um, struggles with income and housing and the cost of living. And so when people are coming uh, to you, how is it that you can help them? I'm sure they come there with a lot of trust issues in general. 
with um, people that, um, you know, maybe have said that they could help them and maybe it didn't come through. Um, how do you gain someone's trust in order to help them? Talk to them individually, um, kind of see what their struggles have been when they come to us, see how we could help them, um, try to get them connected to services and build that relationship with each person, mm -hmm. um, guide them in the right direction. And the more we get to know somebody, the more we build that relationship of trust with them and we're able to help them the best that we can. When somebody uh, finds out that you do this for a living, what are some of the questions they always ask you? Um, how someone finds themselves in a homeless situation. Mm -hmm. um, how, how do we help them? How, how do they get help at New Directions? So what are some of the things, like like you mentioned addiction. So if someone's presenting to you, they may not be forthcoming with the fact that they have an addiction, right? Um, I think when, when they're coming for help and they know that they could receive help at the shelter, um, they're more open about what they've been going through. And then there's peer support specialists at the shelter as well who have been through similar situations as them. Um, so they kind of know that they could open up to them more. Mm -hmm. Do you have any stories that stick out in your mind or, or just like uh, a story that really filled your heart and saying, wow, this is how it's supposed to work? You know, something that came full circle for you because you've been there five years now. So you've probably seen some su success stories. When I was uh, interning at the women's shelter, there was a lady there who was suffering with dementia um, and she didn't have any family to help her, and she didn't really know where to go. Wow. Um, we were able to get her into an assisted living and get the insurance that was required. And um, That's amazing. Yeah, and she ended up staying there. I think she's still there um, today, but... You know, there's, yeah, there's got to be satisfying because a person like that is so vulnerable. And and there is there is so much more to that story. She doesn't give herself enough credit. Um, this particular lady was was literally dropped on our doorstep mm. by a landlord, and they oh. just couldn't they couldn't deal deal with her mm -hmm. anymore. Right. And um and Aubrey has a real gift with people who are older, with people, you know, she, she had worked in a, um, a nursing home. Wasn't it a nursing home, Aubrey? In assisted Prior, living. Assisted yeah. living. So, um, so she just really is able to connect with people. And over, over a short period of time, she was able to determine that this lady was a retired school teacher and mm -hmm. she actually had a retirement account, but she, she really wasn't sure where it was. Uh, and with a lot of digging, Aubrey was able to help her connect with her former bankers um, and and access funding that, um, that really helped her with this quest mm. to get into assisted living because it's, it's very difficult when you are homeless and have nothing to be able to get into assisted living. You have to have a special kind of Medicaid. Um, so it's, it's usually a long, drawn-out process. But um, Aubrey just has such a gift of dealing with, with people. Sounds like you're part detective. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, when you when you meet people, you have to peel back the layers mm -hmm. to help them, right? See where they've been, um, yeah. where they can go. Well, is there, like, an intake process that you follow or... Yeah. So yeah. when each person comes to the shelter, they meet with um, a case manager and we try to see um, what services 
would be most helpful to them, whether it be getting in to see a doctor and taking care of their health, um, getting in for their mental health and seeing a counselor or psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. um, just what would be best for that person. If Um, if you, if you, um, Aubrey Betterini had a magic wand, what would be something that you would want to implement or change, or you see a real lack of that we really need to improve the lives of people that are coming before you? I think affordable housing, um, because once somebody comes to us and they utilize all the services available and they start getting well and getting healthy, um, they might be working one or two jobs and working really hard, and then it's just hard for them to move on Mm -hmm. um, after that just because housing is so expensive in this area compared yeah. to the cost of living or if they're on a fixed income with social security. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, people who have jobs and have their lives, so so to speak, uh, yes. put together, have trouble finding affordable housing. Yes. Um, is it do, when you get them, help them get work and get back on their feet, do you find that the work is mostly right there nearby? Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of employment in the service ind- industry or Um, construction, manual labor, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, There is housing. The waiting lists are incredibly long. It could take years before their name comes up on a waiting list um, to make housing affordable for somebody. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were to win that $1 billion in the Powerball um, (laughs) coming up of Wednesday, um, (laughs) what would you like to do with it? What would you do? Um, I would definitely contribute to affordable housing. I think that's number one. Um, we'll buy a what? golf course and then we'll yeah. build houses on it for the home. <laughs> okay. What, what does affordable housing mean? Like, what does the amount have to be? What does the rent have to be? Like, what, what is your experience? Well, I mean, if you've got to, you've got to consider that, um, that a lot of, a lot of our clients are, um, unskilled. Mm-hmm. And um, and so if they are making ten or eleven dollars an hour, they're doing well, and and I think that um, so so what exactly does that look like if if you're working forty hours a week and making ten dollars an hour, um, you're only talking about four hundred dollars a week. Mm-hmm. So um, to to look at thirty percent, you only want to spend thirty percent of your income. Mm-hmm. Where, where do you find that? Mm-hmm. And, and like Aubrey said, there are a few places that are, um, uh, that are affordable and, and they accept vouchers, but we, we also have a hard time finding landlords who will accept a voucher here. And, and for those people out there who don't know what a voucher is, it's a, it's a guaranteed, um, part portion of the rent that gets mm-hmm. paid every month by section eight yes yes yeah. so I, would I, that be like what is it like eight hundred dollars or what is Aubrey, it? what do you know exactly what the um the voucher is i think it's a 30 um 70 percent so if someone were on a fixed social security income they would only end up paying a few hundred a month which is a huge help because um, then they have money for food other bills mm-hmm. that they may have um, but there's a section eight voucher and then there's just lower cost places mm-hmm. in the area. Um, not all but, of them are very safe though. No, not very safe neighborhoods. And you probably being a woman and having, uh, many clients being women, do you worry about them? 
Yeah, it is concerning some of the conditions that the homes are in. Um, sometimes there's just random people that are knocking on the doors and they're yeah, trying to scary. do the right things for themselves. And they're put in these communities where um, it might be difficult. It might be kind of taking 10 steps back from when they came to us and gotten help and gotten better themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Cause I, I worry about people, um, you know, they get on their feet, they have all this in place and then they get back into the real world. And then there's that fear, you know, that it's especially for women. So if I won the billion dollars, I would definitely like, I've always thought about this, especially for women um, who have young children. I mean, I, it's just like this extra layer of, of, of worry for a woman to have a young child and you want to make sure that they're in the right hands. If you have to go to work, I mean, do you find that that is probably the most precarious situation women can find them in if they're unhoused? Definitely being outside or living out of a vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you, you've seen some things that have been, um, kind of hit you. Has anything kept you up at night? Any particular situation that really just makes you like, like, wow, what am I going to do for this one? I mean, is there like a one particular type of situation? I think, um, each client, I think, think about um daily most recently there was a lady and she had uh five kids and um she didn't really have anybody to help her mm-hmm. and that just broke my heart yeah. to see that um but she was really trying and trying to be the me- best mom possible with what she had mm-hmm. um that was just and did she get out and move on she ended up um getting reunited with a friend Okay. So she was able to, yeah. yeah. Is that part of what you do is, um, help people find their lifelines and they may think that they're all alone in the world, but maybe they're not. I mean, some cases they are like the woman that had dementia, but do most people have a lifeline? Some people have support. Um, maybe the relationship's been broken somewhere along the line. Um, and it may be mendable and we can encourage that to reach out to their Mm -hmm. support system. Um, once they start doing well themselves and see if they're if they could re- rekindle that relationship, um, some people come to us and they do have family or friends somewhere, and we're able to um, get them home to back reunited with their family and friends. We are speaking with um, Kathy Jenkins from New Directions, but also Aubrey Betterini. She is um, a case manager with New Directions, and it just seems to me like um, you know you're doing this day in and day out you're probably learning more and more and the more you do it, the better you're getting at it. I'm sure it's like all of us, right? We just improve at our jobs. What are some of the things that you think were, uh, you know, even after your education and after your internship, did you really discover about yourself that you're like, wow, I can do this, like be successful more if I do this. What was, what was one of the realizations You, That's you a bra- tough question. You can brag Liz. about yourself, Miss Aubrey. <laughs> I think that uh, Kathy's help, helped me realize that I have um, a gift, that, as she said, in working with elderly people. I have a heart for mm-hmm. it because um, they're extremely vulnerable, especially, especially when they're homeless. Um, but I think I think that would be 
what I enjoy mm-hmm. most. Um, and, yeah. The biggest, best education you can get is at the feet of an elderly person. That's yeah. right. You know? A lot of wisdom. Yeah, they do have a lot of wisdom. An older, and I'm yeah. seeking wisdom. You're not old enough to be wise. So, no, so, do, so do I, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've, got, I've, got, I've got the gray hair to prove it. I, I, tell you, I, I, I grew up um, in a school that also uh, had um, mentally challenged kids as well, and the teachers just made me so proud, and it gives me such a warm fuzzy that there's people like you doing what you're doing. You're young. I'm going to guess you're under 25 years old. And I'm going to guess that you're probably going to do this for the rest of your life because I could just see that you're enjoying what you're doing. You enjoy helping people. But for the rest of us, I mean, you're a, you're a rock star. Thank you. Know? you. Yeah. yeah. And she is really very, very good at this. Um, you know, like she said earlier, uh, it, it, it's, it's really people who come to us, you know, we, we are the last lifeline for them when they come in and, and getting people to trust us. Um, Aubrey also is the case manager who sees the people who come into our walk-in center if they want case management. Um, we did try to run it with a full-time case manager, but um, we've got a couple of people that work out there who have been homeless in the past, who have been through our program, and they have that first opportunity to connect and encourage them to come in and see a case manager. And when they do come in, they come in and they see Aubrey. We are seeing a lot more people who are older, um, and it's it's really heartbreaking um, for somebody to end up homeless um so much later in life. I mean, it's heartbreaking no matter when it is. Yeah. Um, but it's a whole different challenge because here we are looking at options to get somebody back on their feet. But but if they're over 70 mm-hmm. and, it, and it's maybe it's physical much, limitations, yes, they can't work yes. as much as long and. Yes. Yeah, that is hard, especially and if, if they're on a fixed family. income. Mm-hmm. If they're on a fixed income, yeah. um, it becomes very, very difficult. Yeah. So, Aubrey, what is what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have about homelessness? Because you probably hear your friends talking like you go out and people like saying, oh, my gosh, you do that every day. Like, oh, isn't it this or that? And you're like, no, it's really more like, you know, what is the misconception? I think that um, people look at homelessness or addiction more of as the person's choice um, instead of a sickness or somebody struggling. Um, And I think it's a situation any of us could find ourselves in um, more of a person that's just wants to be homeless or wants to live with an an addiction. Um, And I've learned a lot from the peer supports that are in the shelter about addiction. Um, Nobody chooses to wake up and live that way. And most people want to live um, just a, normal life would you uh, what kind of person would you recommend being a case manager to let's say it was um career day at the you know at the high school and you're going to go in and give your biggest pitch on why your job is so great what kind of person should go into that type of field i think somebody um that has compassion, um, is a good listener, able to meet somebody where they're at, um, and help them from there. 
It's, do you think we're lacking in compassion lately, or do you think there's still plenty of compassion out there? Have you seen the community rally? I think a lot of people still hold compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, even the guys that live in the shelter, um, they kind of have a community within themselves, and I find that most people are trying to help each other and um, look out for each other yeah. the best that they can. A lot That's of pe- an amazing thing in the shelter, yeah. the way um, they become family, mm-hmm. um, the way that they depend on each other, the way they help each other out. And um, and I think, I think in a nutshell, one of the biggest misconceptions about homelessness is people think, why don't they just get a job? Mm-hmm. And and it, it it's usually much bigger than that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, um, I Aubrey, we're lucky to have you here. Are Thank you originally you from me. here? Uh, I grew up, or I was born in Bristol, Connecticut, and oh. then I came here um, when I was about ten. Okay. So, what raised you, in South what, Carolina. Um, you know, what do your parents think about uh, the field that you've chosen to go into? Um, they're supportive of me. Yeah. Yep. That's great because you know it's it's not it's it's not like a I I think a lot of people think of young people as just being so self absorbed and you're like the antithesis yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I I think of of I think it would be great to have Aubrey speaking in the high schools to to remind kids to to have compassion. You know, they get you know everybody gets wrapped up into the social media and the selfies and all that kind of stuff but um but it is different when you think about other people huh it is want to really Definitely. jump out of your comfort zone and go speak at all the high schools Aubrey <laughs> yeah i i can see her face over there <laughs> is she normally this quiet she she is she is, she is. but i think i think that um I've seen her be very, very tough. Mm-hmm. Um, she she is she is quiet, um, and and people tend to automatically trust her. They, but when you are disarming, when she just relax around. When she says something, when she tells mm-hmm. somebody, "This is the way it is, and this is what you need to do." They respect that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. so. Well, I love it. It was a lot of fun speaking with you. Thank you for having me, Liz. And I think that um, that people have a new kind of understanding of what a case manager does. I hope so. Yeah. I that's bet great. your parents are proud as Yeah. I certainly would be very proud yeah. of, of her, for sure. Aubrey Betterini at New Directions. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Liz. That was fun. It's and always fun. It's always educational, and it always gives us hope. And we know that hope is... Uh, hope starts here. That's we right. We say it all the time. Right in the, in the chair opposite Aubrey. <laughs> well, thank you so much, ladies. It is uh, 9.58. Uh, Glendie Radio, thank you so much. You got it. If you want to get in touch with New Directions, you can go to helpnewdirections.org, even donate on a regular basis, and um, help them continue helping those who find themselves without a home. All right, we'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye, Glenn. Bye. The real and only truly conservative morning show with Nick and Liz on Talk 94.5.